actress Katherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 today. Hey y'all, Brandon with Music City 911 here. Just wanted to give y'all a little update on what's going on here in Nashville. And I'm, uh, first off, I want to apologize for being a little bit late about this. I was wanting to do this yesterday, but with everything going on, it was pretty difficult between the actual event that happened and also, you know, just holiday stuff with the family and everything. So I had to get the necessary stuff out of the way first. But I just wanted to go over a few things that actually happened and kind of my experiences with it because it's something that's pretty new for Nashville. I, as far as I can re- remember, Nothing like this, as far as the time I've been up there working, nothing like this has ever really happened. So at around 5.30 in the morning, we received multiple calls from citizens saying there were gunshots in the area. Now, gunshots downtown are not really uncommon. Uh, It's not really frequent, so I mean, people who are coming to visit Nashville, this is not something that happens all the time. But, you know, it's a downtown area. It does happen sometimes. I mean, it's a big city as well. It can happen in any big city like that from time to time. But the odd thing with this was it was at 530 in the morning on Christmas morning. Bars in Nashville, anyway, on regular nights that are not restricted by any type of coronavirus curfews, they close at 3 a.m. But now the bars have a last call at 10 p.m. and are generally fully closed by around 11. After that, the majority of Nashville is completely vacant nobody's really out walking around nothing like that so hearing gunshots with all those conditions in place the bars and restaurants are closed the curfews etc plus the fact that it's christmas day and very early it's pretty odd then we start getting the reports of a vehicle with a message being played over a loudspeaker system stating to evacuate the area then kind of a few minutes into the this message that kept on repeating over and over and pretty loud there was a countdown that was going minute by minute. Multiple calls on that. At this point, police officers were out there, and as a precaution, they were trying to evacuate any citizens that were in the immediate area. Now, this all happened on 2nd Avenue North, about a block north of Broadway. For those of you that hadn't been to Nashville before, 2nd Avenue is a row of bars, restaurants, and gift shops that kind of go for you know a couple, three blocks north of Broadway that way. The bars and restaurants they generally occupy the lower floor or floors and then the floors above those you know it's usually four to six stories tall maximum right there a lot of those have condos over top of them they used to be storage areas for whatever businesses were there and then they 
converted them into condos several years ago. So there are people that live down there in these places. So the way this rolls out on my end is I walk in kind of in my normal time a few minutes before my shift starts when we get going at 630 in the morning. It was actually my day off. I was actually working for somebody else Christmas Day because it's uh, I just traded with somebody so they could have the holiday off to spend with their family. And we do that from with each other from time to time. So I was in there on my day off and I walk in and uh, after I get my stuff situated, I walk up to the radio that was assigned to me. And when we pass off the radio from one dispatcher to the next, the previous dispatcher generally briefs the oncoming dispatcher of what's been happening, you know, what's going on and anything like that. So I'll walk up to the radio and the person I'm relieving has a kind of look about him and a look around at the rest of the room. And there's a few other dispatchers that kind of have that same look on their faces. And I ask what's going on. The reply I get is central has a bomb threat, likely in a vehicle. And it just went off. And he told me just like that. So literally as I'm walking in right at six 30 in the morning, when we're about to change over, that's when it went off. Apparently everybody that's working central downtown, they start screaming that it went off all this other stuff going along with it. Now I wasn't on the central radio, but I was working one of the other radios that has all the detectives and auxiliary units and those that cover the entire County. So I, I knew I was going to have some stuff going on with this, this incident downtown. So I just immediately turned on an extra walkie radio that we had over there on top of the radio that I was covering and was listening to both of them. And I was just trying to help out with any extra calls or notifications they might have to do, you know, while the officers are down there yelling for various resources. Now, when the actual bomb and before this, even before it went off the countdown and everything that I was talking about and the, the message they were sending, this was actually called on a security camera outside. And I th- from where it sits, I think it was probably a few doors down from that. It's kind of hard to tell exactly, but I'll go ahead and play the, the audio from that. I cleaned it up and kind of boosted it just a little bit to where you could hear it a little bit better than just the, the plain raw audio, but I'll go ahead and get that going right now. So there were some injuries, but luckily, as far as we know, at this point, no one was killed from it. There were, you know, some of the officers down there, they may have experienced some hearing loss because they were really, really close by. And, uh, you know, even though this, this really affected just, uh, you know, it, was, it affected somewhere around 40 buildings and the blast itself was very loud and was heard and felt even in the next county, there were reports I was looking on Facebook, the, the, you know, after all this is going on and everything, and I could see even with the timestamps that they were about right. 
a minute or two after it happened, people in, you know, a neighboring county were, were saying that something just happened. I felt an, a, a shake or explosion or whatever like that. So it was a decent size explosion, but it didn't actually really harm too many buildings uh, as far as anything past material damage like, you know, broken windows, paint, paint off the walls, that type thing. A couple of the buildings did have a uh, roof collapse. Uh, the front face of the buildings were gone. But it wasn't one of these things where just an entire row of buildings is completely flattened and gone. So it the big scheme of things, this was a large explosion, but it didn't have any as much of a, an impact as some of the other explosions did. You know, and other car bombings, I guess is a good way to put it. You think back to a place like Oklahoma City, that was devastating. So the officers, after all this happened, they continued with their evacuations, set up a perimeter, and asked for more resources. We had a ton of resources going down there. Almost everybody available that was actually still on duty, because as, as I said, this was shift change. So everybody from the midnight shift, they were held over. Same thing with us up there. Like the, the police department, uh, my department, everybody, we were held over from the next shift, from the last shift anyway. At this point, they started asking for the fire department to come down because there were various there's fire in various places, a couple cars on fire, uh, some smaller fires in buildings, things of that, that nature. But they couldn't actually make it down there because there was apparently some ammo. It sounds like some ammo. I'm, I'm not exactly sure that's been confirmed yet, but it sounded like there was ammo inside of whatever vehicle that was being cooked off by the, the fire that was from the vehicle itself. So you had all this ammo going off as well not safe for a firefighter to go down there and start throwing water on this fire. Now at this point, and correctly, because this is where you should your mind should go to after something like this, is the look for secondary devices. As we've seen in places like Atlanta with they, they had some bombings down there and, and a lot of other places, an initial bombing could just be something that's drawing responders down to an area. That way they can set off something bigger. They checked vehicles around there. They had a couple of suspicious packages that they were, you know, uh, called into us. Unfounded on all of them, luckily. There was nothing else past this. Resources were abundant, especially on a day like this. It's Christmas. Everybody's running a skeleton crew. But it was very easy to get everybody in the place that we needed to. People just, you know, something like this happens... People call in, they're like, okay, what's going on? Where do you need me? You know, tell me where to go, all this kind of stuff. And that happened with this. There were some resources that, you know, they were, a lot of people live outside the county, police officers, whatever like that. They didn't know what was happening. And we did have to call a few of them to, to get them rolling. But also the FBI, ATF, people like that, they actually came down. The FBI took over the investigation and it's ongoing at this point. Now, a little while ago, uh, the news was leaked about a possible person of interest with his name, and somehow they released his this person's address as well. This was after a picture of this person's RV was released, and about 500 tips were called in. A couple of them seemed to be well-founded. Now, I'm not going to say the guy's name here on the show. If you really want to know it, you can go out and look in any number of news articles right now it's been posted all over the place but it also gave his address and very quickly there were pictures 
uh, from a neighbor's, I guess their security cameras at their house or something along that lines, uh, showing this same RV that was parked downtown, which they had the RV parked downtown at about one twenty in the morning and it stayed there the whole time. But they checked a video camera from, uh, looked like a neighbor, as I said, and it looked like there, it was showing that that RV was there yesterday and it's not there today. Now, an acquaintance of mine actually spoke with someone who was a, I won't say friend, but knew this guy who likely did this, this incident. And he said that he was pretty crazy in general. If this info is correct, as I said, this is nothing verified. He was an IT guy of sorts. He was convinced of the U.S. government. They were the always the bad guy. Thought that they were coming for him. They were always listening to him. He was some sort of like an agnostic type person, hated Christmas. And for the past several years, he had left town and went to like a cabin in the woods for a couple weeks around Christmas. So he wouldn't have to deal with any of the Christmas festivities that were happening. Now, as I said, I have no idea if this is accurate. It may be completely and totally false. I don't know. This is all new to everybody. Just kind of trying to find facts and things like that as we go along. Everybody's looking for tips, things like that, to try to get this nailed down. And that's one of them that I kind of stumbled across. So SWAT team and other various resources kind of converged on this house today and executed a search warrant. Some things were taken out of the house. Not exactly sure it was, you know, what was actually taken out of the house, but there were some items taken out. It did not look like there was any type of problem getting in or out of the house, nothing like that. But just as a precaution, they went in with the SWAT team. We're hearing now that uh, they've had some human remains that were found down there at the actual explosion site. A couple of reports I've saw on the news now are now saying that it's likely going to be a kind of a suicide bombing. And you know, that, that may be the case. My kind of two theories on this was either it was going to be a suicide bombing. Like they, like the news is saying, or it was an attempt to draw in police down there and kind of set off this explosion and kill as many of them as they could. The only reason I'm thinking like that is because just the time it happened, there's nobody else generally on the street. There's, there might be somebody out walking a dog or something along that line, but there really is not that many people out. Plus the fact that there was a big alarm going off with this message playing, telling everybody to evacuate. So anybody that was around there, they would go away from it. Police, on the other hand, you have a message saying that to evacuate an area, they're going to go down and investigate it. So it'll actually pull the police in. Luckily, nobody was hurt really badly from this. Nobody was killed other than maybe the, the bomber himself. Still, that is under speculation. They're kind of testing right now. Last I heard anyway. But the aftermath of this is to a degree probably worse. Uh, it could be worse for some people. Um, it could be a lot worse for some people. Uh, the explosion actually happened right in front of a I guess a good way to put it is a switching station or substation for AT&T, which AT&T, if you're not from the South, I mean, AT&T is a national company, but here specifically in the South, it used to be Bell South, AT&T bought them. So the majority of the South down here 
is as far as landlines and a lot of the, the cell phone providers, things like that, it's AT&T. So not exactly right then when the bomb went off, but there was right after that, a little while later, there were some problems they had to fix. There were more repairs than they thought initially was going to have to be done. And at that point, pretty much all the phone service that AT&T covered in the area and surrounding states, it went down. That included 911 and a lot of the non-emergency numbers as well. For Nashville, on a day like that, it's pretty odd to look over at the phone queue and no one is on a phone call. Not a single person. That was out of our hands. And it was widespread. It was everywhere. Luckily for us and the citizens of Nashville, we did have a way of noticing or seeing the actual 911 calls. We couldn't talk to anyone right then, but we have our backup systems just for this. So we could actually see the phone number that actually called on 911 and we could call them back. So the service was not completely knocked out. It was just limiting to us. Luckily now we're starting to see some, some progress with that. And at the moment, what we're asking for anybody inside Nashville to, if, if you're calling us, usually we can see the location where you're calling from, whether it's a, a landline, that's usually pretty exact, but with a cell phone, we can get GPS and get, you know, pretty close to the area. As I've said before, right now, those systems are not completely functioning. So when you call us, if you have to call on 911, please immediately give us your location and the phone number you're calling from. Those are the most important things. And I've talked about this several times on the show too. The number one important thing when you call 911 is the address of the emergency. We need to have that so we can, at minimum, start some resources out to wherever we need to go to. Then past that, the phone number is number two. That way, if for any reason we get cut off, we know what number to call back on. So we're gonna have, we're asking everybody to immediately tell us that if you have to call 911 in Nashville. Now this is just the way that Nashville's doing it. Every agency in the area, Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama affected areas like that, which this was affecting all those states as well. What you need to do if you live in those areas outside of Nashville and actually inside as well, to a degree anyway, try to find out from your local authorities how to get in contact with the police department. I would do that right now. And when I say do that right now, if you can imagine, if you have some sort of emergency that's actually happening, and you're scrambling, you're scrambling around trying to find out how to call the police because they're not answering one way or another. Do it now. Program that number in your phone. Whatever you have to do. If there's a, a separate phone number or something different than they, you know, some places smaller agencies, they may actually just be working off of someone's personal cell phone. Find out that number. Try to contact the, whoever you have to. Look on Facebook, social media, those locations, websites. If you don't have internet yourself, try to find a friend or family member that does. Get on the local websites uh, of, of government, whatever you are, city, county, whatever like that. Find out the proper current procedures for calling the police department or fire department, whatever like that. That way you can have that ready to go if there is an emergency. I suggest people know that in general. And that's for an emergency and for a non-emergency call. Please go ahead and look all that stuff up now as soon as you can. That way it's ready if you need it. 
Now, before I close out uh, this little mini episode we got going on here, I wanted to go ahead and acknowledge some of the police officers that were, were down there clearing the streets, evacuating people, literally in the face of danger. Obviously, they, they put themselves in harm's way to try to save others. And because of their actions, I believe that likely there were lives saved from it. Officers Brenna Hosey, James Llewellyn, Michael Sippos, Amanda Topping, James Wells, and Timothy Miller. All those officers were down there evacuating residents and anybody that was down that way right before the bomb went off. If they would not been there to evacuate these people, lives likely would have been lost. These are all true heroes, and they were brave, compassionate, and very heroic in general for their role in this event. Now, I'll do everything I can to try to request some of the tapes, uh, some of the recordings of the radio traffic, as well as some of the the actual phone calls. It's going to be pretty difficult because this is very new. This is still under investigation, and a lot of it's being handed over, not to our police department, but, as I said, the FBI who's running the show now. So this may be something that is not as easy to uh, get any type of recordings on. But... I'll at least make the attempt of it. That way we can have a full episode later on this and try to dig a little bit deeper in it. In closing tonight, I just wanted to thank all my other fellow dispatchers, not only in Nashville, but surrounding areas who are also going through everything that we're going through right now with the, the phone outages and things like that. All the police officers that were on the scene and the ones that generally work and are in the face of danger every single day. Same thing goes for the firefighters and EMS they're out there on the front lines with everybody else. All heroes. Doing it every single day. Want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Everybody stay safe out there. And be sure to keep everybody up here in your thoughts and prayers. Until next time, this is Brandon with Music City 911. Hope you all have a pleasant quiet one. <laughs>